All right. So, Jeremy, serious question. Yes. Would you name your vibrator Mr. Hemsworth or Reliable Buddy? I mean, the idea of calling any sort of sex object in the bedroom Reliable Buddy sounds kind of weird for me. So, I would have to go with Mr. Hemsworth. Ooh. Chris or Liam? Ugh, I forgot that there are multiple Hemsworths, to be honest with you. Um, I imagine that Sutton named her vibrator after Thor. So I am gonna say Chris. Why do you imagine that? <laughs> I don't I don't know. I just I, I just imagine that like Sutton's like really excited for Avengers Endgame to be coming out in a few weeks. So I don't know. I just imagine her being a fan. Okay, okay. Her favorite movie is, or her most recent favorite movie is Thor Ragnarok. I think she's a big fan of Tessa Thompson. I have this whole headcanon in my head right now. Wow. Yeah, it's, it certainly seems like it. <laughs> so I'm into it. I think she was a little bit pissed off that Thor was left out of um, Captain America Civil War. And I'm thinking that she really wants Thor to survive by the end of this movie. Damn. Okay. I feel like you have some some serious feelings about <laughs> the Avengers Civil War movie. <laughs> I love, said. I love how you called it the Avengers Civil War. Is that what it is? <laughs> no. What did you just say? I said Captain America Captain Civil America War. Civil which War. Oh my which God. came out like three years ago. Avengers Endgame. <laughs> oh my God. I'm sorry. Uh. <laughs> it's okay. This is why we um, compliment each other. It's all good. <laughs> oh, yes. Okay. This is not my strong point. <laughs> it's not where I thrive. It's okay. All right. Shall we just uh, should we just move on from this? I, yeah. I, is, I'm almost as embarrassed as um, Jane and Sutton when the vibrator <laughs> fell on the floor in front of the mover while it was on. This is the Bull Talk, the podcast where we discuss every episode of the Bull Type week by week. I am Jeremy Rodriguez. And I'm Sam Saff. This week we are discussing the season three, episode two, Plus It Up, which was written by Amanda Lasher and Matt McGinnis and directed by Ellen S. Pressman. All right, Sam, I just gotta say, I am loving this season so much. Oh, goodness. I mean, how could you not? <laughs> I feel like the show is doing well with an ensemble this go around. I feel like season two, they struggled a lot, especially like when it came to incorporating Adina into like the main fold of the other characters. But I feel like this season is just so balanced. Like, you know, we get to see a lot of screen time with all the other like um, supporting characters. So I don't know. I feel like this is the first time in which I felt like this is an ensemble piece. It's not just focused on Jane, Cat, and Sutton. It's focused on a whole cast of very interesting characters. Wow, that was really well said, Jeremy. That was uh that was that was great. Thank you for that. You're you're welcome. Sometimes <laughs> um, I can say smart things. <laughs> I, I mean you say them often. I don't know why you're selling yourself short here, but okay. <laughs> um I actually completely agree. And that kind of brings me to just just an opinion I gotta toss in here. Um the writers are doing a really good job of making me completely change my mind about both Richard and Pinstripe. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, all I can say is, damn you, writers, for doing that. (laughs) They're doing us dirty, you know, they're doing us dirty for content for this podcast, because it's gonna be boring if we agree on things. I mean, I'll always find things to not like. (laughs) It's one of my specialties. I'll even say, like, I'm liking these characters even more. I mean, obviously, I never had a problem with Richard or Pinstripe, really, but I'm liking them even more now. And it's like, oh, now I just love them. Yeah, they're hard to not at least like. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know if I'm in the love area yet, but oh, I'm in love. I am committed, just like Sutton is committing to Richard by moving in. Great transition, huh? Yeah, that was a uh, that was really great. I see what you're doing. <laughs> I like it. So pretty much, like the major subplot for Sutton is that she wants to do her own laundry, and I love that little reminder note that she sent herself. Bitch, do your laundry. <laughs> God, I have so many alarms like that. It was like very relatable to me. I just need to be clear. All of my alarms are in all caps. All of them. Oh, really? Does, yes. Do you have one that say bitch to your laundry? Maybe not for doing your laundry, but it, I've had bitch do some, something. <laughs> that is beautiful. I need yeah. to start doing that. Yeah. Sometimes I write, hey, seriously, go get cat food. Or like, <laughs> like make sure like all caps everything always a big deal exclamation points like i wish you could bold and underline but anyway (laughs) yeah um well but i think sutton's just kind of like having some issues with just fitting into richard's lifestyle which seems pretty foreign to her just given like her upbringing and not having someone to essentially take care of you really Um, yeah she's never had a housekeeper like growing up in harrisburg right and she's never had anyone do her laundry but her it seems exactly i thought it was cool that they persona they made it known through the laundry issue Mm -hmm. you know obviously it's about everything but yeah it was just a nice little subtle touch and you know and at the end of the episode richard is doing her laundry and he's folding it and it's beautiful that was so nice (laughs) (laughs) that was the moment where i was like damn you guys Ah, why you're making me like him i don't want to like him and i like too how um how he basically essentially like separated like um their relationship from the work relationship that they have because throughout the episode Sutton is a little bit insecure about telling him something related to work and Richard decides to like you know lay down the rules and says hey you know what when we're home I'm your boyfriend and then she tries to give him a bunch of nicknames Dick being one of them and he was resistant to that I feel like it would work though yeah I feel like that would be your nickname for him mm. Or some play on it, anyway. Big dick. <laughs> oh my. Okay, we will reflect on this at a later <laughs> date. We'll have to have a brainstorming session, perhaps off the mic. <laughs> yes. Oh, very much. But feel off free to send mic. us your suggestions. Yes, please. Theboldtalk.gmail.com. Yeah, or tweet us directly. Go ahead. Like. Yes. <laughs> We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at The Bold Talk. Yep, yep. Stay tuned for our plug later. That'll be <laughs> similar, but, you know, totally worth sticking around for. Yeah. But anyway, give us give us some nicknames. We had Stripe yes. last week, so we got to give Richard a nickname for mm. his Richard, if you know what I mean. Ah, say what you did there. Ah, ah, ah. Thank you, thank you. Anyway, so <laughs> the issue that Sutton was insecure about bringing up to Richard actually had to do with Oliver. Wow, this was such a nice, turned out to be such a touching story, really. I loved it so much. Like, Oliver's getting some screen time, too. Like, oh, like, here we go. Making it into an ensemble piece here. Yeah, they did a very good job with that. First off, to begin the discussion of this storyline, Sam, don't you just hate it when you show up for a photo shoot and... And the makeup artist is the same guy who blew your boyfriend. It, it's the worst. How do you feel about it? Um, I'm usually the one who's blowing the boyfriend. So I never actually had like that situation happen to me. It must be kind of awkward, though. It is. Yeah. I mean, I have walked out on photo shoots before. Oh, okay. Okay. So Just like this, this is guy not did. uncommon, folks. This no. this happens. <laughs> <laughs> Well, anyway, that was a uh, that was quite the drama. <laughs> <laughs> yes. 
<laughs> so basically, Oliver fucks up. He booked these two people together, and these people should not be working together side by side. And essentially delayed the photo shoot. Jacqueline's like asking something, like, hey, what the fuck is happening? Because Oliver's actually like out of the office. And why was he out of the office, Sam? Well, at this point, we do not know. Um, nor does Sutton, but she ends up finding on his desk uh, court documents saying that Oliver was to appear in court um, that day. So she ends up having to make her way over to Oliver's apartment or... How did she know where he lives? I don't know, but like, what a beautiful <laughs> home he has as well. Like, just, <laughs> totally. Just a side note. Um, <laughs> so his like, just gorgeous condo in New York City. And she's trying to get approval for the photos, right? I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure that's why she's yeah. there. But she ends up seeing Oliver saying goodbye to a young girl who appears like might be her might be his daughter um and then later on he lets her know that that's actually the daughter of his ex-boyfriend who was struggling with addiction and is now unable to care for his daughter and her mother is not in the picture so Oliver refuses to let her go into a group home which kind of made me tear up when he said that um so he's trying to get custody of her And that's why he's been so preoccupied and not at work as often and kind of making mistakes that Oliver doesn't normally make. Yeah, he's obviously not on his A game. Yeah, no, but he's got bigger fish to fry, you know? Exactly. I just love seeing him vulnerable. Because I feel like you never get to to see that side of Oliver, really. No, and normally, like, generally in shows, you don't see that dimension of the characters who are supporting yeah exactly yeah but he taught carly how to rollerblade he taught her how to dance and accessorize so yeah cute. he was in her life for a long for years and they was it lived three together. years was it three years i think it was three years wasn't it it was three years that they lived the three of them lived together right yeah i i just want to know like how did he keep in touch with this little girl i don't know i i find that I want to know more about this story, and I'm pretty sure more of it will get revealed as we go along. Yeah, I hope so. I hope it's not just, like, a filler that never comes up again. Yeah. Because that's a thing, sometimes. <laughs> you know what that's I mean? A like, it's a thing. Like, I don't know. It just tends to happen. So hopefully yeah. it doesn't happen here, because I, I like seeing this side of Oliver. Well, the, the bold type has already fucked over its queer characters of color last season, so... So he's try- they're, maybe they're trying to redeem themselves. L- let's hope they don't do it again. <laughs> Don't let's be Netflix, be guys. Anyway. But whatever. Um, let's talk about Patrick and Jacqueline's um, little tiff going on in this episode. Oh, my goodness. Okay. So just like briefly, I am looking for ways to dislike Patrick, and I just keep really liking him more. Are you feeling that? I, I still feel like I don't know him well enough. See, I just feel like I really respect his game, like the way that he approaches his role at the company and like... I don't know. I just like really, well, we can keep going, but I was just saying, I really like him. I I like what he's brought into the show. I think he's a great character. I'm not saying I like him as a person quite yet. Okay. I think he's great, like objectively, like, you know, I I like what he has brought into the show. So in a way, yes, I do like him. I'm just saying if I knew him in real life, I don't think I would like him. Okay, that's fair. (laughs) (laughs) You get what I mean? Yeah, Yeah, but I think I, I think I would like him, but he would also like get on my fucking nerves. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, definitely. So the whole thing with Patrick and Jacqueline, um, Patrick was trying to get Cardi B to be on the date night column and then Jacqueline tells him oh no you can't do that because um I have a feature running for running on her later this month and then he's like oh I'm shocked and then Jacqueline like takes offense to it she's like um you know we're using the same resources you know we have to work together and then Patrick's like no I'm shocked that we're vying for the same talent 
I gotta up my game. Which I didn't know how to take that comment, but I was like, okay. <laughs> I don't know. So my my whole reason why I like Patrick so much is because I think this whole tiff with Jacqueline is very like even playing field. Like I don't think anything he does is because she's a woman or because he feels threatened by her in that capacity. Like I think that he's treating her exactly like he would treat anyone in that role. Right, right. And for that, I really do respect him and I like the way even that he treats Jane even though it may seem like he's harsh with her I think that like he's really doing what Jane kind of needs and like giving her constructiveness through bluntness if that makes sense you know Mm -hmm. like I just I don't know I just like his approach and how his approaches are different with everybody but they're never unfair they always seem to be like this is I'm just treating you as an individual, not as a woman or as someone of color or as a queer person. Like, I'm just treating you as someone. Right. Yeah. I t- Yeah. I get what you're saying. I mean, I have more thoughts on that, but let's talk more about that when we talk about Jane and Pinstripe and their whole egg freezing process. Why is his hockey name called the Zambronis? I think that's super lame. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> what does like, Zambronis mean? A Zamboni is what they use to clean the hockey rink. But then he calls them the Zambronis. Ah, that's actually cool. Yeah, I think it's just like corny because I think the word bro is kind of ridiculous. <laughs> that's why. I'm I'm into it. I, I had no idea what it meant. I thought it was some type of like Italian name. And I was like, okay, like the Zambronis, whatever. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's a fun play on words. I just think it's kind of like lame. That is cute. I'm into it. I'm more into it now, now that I have a little bit of context. <laughs> Thank you so much for that. No, you're so welcome. Forever um, educating you on sports. I educate you on um, Marvel superhero movies. You educate me on sports. You know, we even each other out, you know? It'll never be even. I'll never understand Marvel. <laughs> <laughs> and I will never understand sports, so okay. it's okay. You know what? Yeah, you're right. Okay. <laughs> um, I gotta say, the line that Jane delivers to Pinstripe, you are gonna melt that ice, which is gonna send the puck into the nets. What, what, what it gave you the chills? No, I just wanted to say it out loud. Oh, you all. just wanted to say it. Okay, I was like, are you going to react to it? No, I, I, I just wanted to say it, that's all. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> there was no reason for it up whatsoever. <laughs> Fair enough. Whatever. I respect that. So Jane prints off the whole thing, like, oh, I'm beginning my egg freezing process, and Pinstripe's like, oh, what can I do? And I just love how wonderful and supportive he is. He's so interested in everything that has to do with it. Of course, like, later that night for the first injection, um, she gets Kat to come over because she doesn't want Pinstripe to do it, because getting her previous boyfriend, Ben, involved in the whole process and made it awkward, and she essentially doesn't want to lose Pinstripe, which is a very valid fear to have. Yes. I mean, to backtrack, I think it's really nice that he's so interested as well. So interested. He's he's asking so many questions like, oh, like, are you going to the doctor? Like, what, um, you know, what kind of side effects are you experiencing? Like, oh, what time are you doing this? Like, he's he's so supportive and so interested. Like, more men need to learn from him. I feel like this is the first time we've ever really saw, like, Pinstripe be a good boyfriend. I feel like prior to this moment, he's just been, like, the hot guy. Showing off his bean stripe. Yeah, but does he ask all of those particular questions off jump, or does he only ask those after he's assigned the article? Uh, I mean, yeah, uh, that's a that's a fair point to make. I mean, they imply, like, in the first conversation, like, in pretty much the opening scene, that he's interested in the process and he wants to be involved. But yeah. it isn't until Patrick tells Jane and Pinstripe that 
they should be writing a column or an article about the egg freezing process together as a couple that he starts like really being like, okay, I want to go to all your appointments and do this and that, which like, I mean, it's fine, but it does seem like it's coming more so from a job. Like this is my assignment. I get what you're saying, but like even, um, Pinstripe didn't even have like an angle for it because he asked Jane like, oh, well, okay, so what's your angle? But, you know, even before they even had, like, that conversation, he did so much research. I feel like it came from a genuine place of curiosity. Yeah. I mean, I I definitely think he was interested. I don't disagree with that. Yeah, because I feel like if it was just, like, another assignment to him, I feel like he'd be like, oh, like, Jane, let's talk about how we want to do this. And then he'd be like, okay, I'll do some research. I don't know. I felt like he actually cared a lot. I feel like this assignment was just the outlet for him to express that level of Karen that he had. Okay, I'll buy that. So with that in mind, like, how do you feel when Jane becomes really closed off to Pinstripe and essentially said she doesn't want him to be involved? I mean, I think it was valid. I feel like just based on her previous experiences with her last relationship, I feel like she just didn't want to lose it. Yeah, I don't know. I have some thoughts because I kind of feel like, one, I think that Jane has to let him be involved if she's agreed to write the article. I don't think it's fair to tell him right. that we're assigned this article and that you can't be a part of it. But we know how this show likes to have Jane essentially figure her own shit out through some of her writing assignments. That's essentially like every conflict that she has to get solved is through this. Yes, that's very true. Um, <laughs> but anyway, I keep going. But, Sorry. But I, no, it's fine. I just think with that in mind, she's very... I don't know. I think that they're both valid. I think that it's fair for Pinstripe to want to be involved, and it's fair for Jane to say, I don't want you to be involved. Right. Like, I think when Pinstripe essentially says, like, if I'm not involved, like, we're not going to work out, he kind of, like, cryptically said that. Yeah. That I don't blame him for that. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't I don't blame him for saying that either. But I like, don't blame Jane. Like, I'm not, yeah. you know, I, I don't think Jane did anything wrong either i just think jane is being pretty skittish and she's making she's comparing ben and pinstripe which really isn't fair to pinstripe yeah exactly but it's coming from a good place i feel like she doesn't want to you know she doesn't want to lose him and she obviously does care for him yeah i agree jane doesn't really annoy me that much in this episode surprisingly (laughs) (laughs) um just be like i do think that she's ultimately not wrong but i do think that she's being a little more close-minded to the idea but I think she's valid. Makes yeah, sense. definitely. Because, I mean, I've been there before, too. Like, whenever I'm going through something difficult, of course, I would push people away and whatnot. So, I don't know. I felt kind of seen by Jane this week for yeah. once. Oh, well, good. <laughs> so, I'm not saying that's healthy, you know, but... But it is natural. Exactly. We'll get into more of that at the end of the episode when I talk about how this episode inspired me to live my bold type life. Oh, my gosh. Okay. All right. <laughs> I'm going to have to go first on that. Otherwise, you're going to show me up heavily. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> so let's talk about how Patrick assigned this story to Jane and Penstripe. Well, first off, when Jane told him, like, oh, I'm beginning my egg freezing process, I like that Patrick's just, like, obsessed. Yes. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> That's all he says. Obsessed. I was like, Ugh. all right, Patrick, I, I-, I can take you. I'm, I'm into That's you. what I'm saying. He, like, put you on a roller coaster of emotion. But one of the things that I'm just, like, not so into, um, I I don't like how Patrick seems to be taking advantage of, essentially, the emotional turmoil that some of his employees are going through, and trying to, like, essentially publicize that, because that's what he did with Kat last week. 
And that's what he's doing with Jane right now. And I just feel like you shouldn't have to be able to do that. Um, I think that he's trying to create an off like authenticity in the brand. And I think right. it's important for the people who write for him or the people who represent Scarlet like need to be authentic. And that's I think that's really where that's coming from. I don't know. No, I completely agree with that. And I understand there's some like um there's some level where you have to understand like if you do work for Scarlet, I guess you have to be transparent and you have to like, you know, showcase your personal life sometimes. I don't know. I'm just thinking about like look what happened to Britney Spears in two thousand seven when people wouldn't leave her alone. I am just saying. Yeah, I think that in this instance it's more so like well, one, it's significantly less pressure than than Britney. Um well, like, yes. you know what I mean? Like just not a consistent in the spotlight situation. But I think I think that when Patrick is talking, he's talking almost he's almost thinking out loud and like therefore his thoughts are pretty harsh, but they're very direct and they're they're real. I mean, like Jane just talking about freezing her eggs would certainly get views and certainly get some feedback, but like talking about it from this perspective with pinstripe and only having dated for yeah. seven weeks and like being young and knowing you have the BRCA gene, like all of those things wrapped into one is definitely a better story. Right. And I understand what he was trying to do. He wanted the story to be a little bit fresher, a little bit, you know, to have a fresh take to it and whatnot. But I almost wish she like pulled Jane aside and said, hey, how about you do this with your boyfriends? I feel like that would have been a little bit better. I feel like that's something Jacqueline would do. Yes, but one, I just think that they have different styles and it doesn't mean one is right or wrong. I think that Patrick does a good job of keeping his distance from everyone. You know, like he's not particularly compassionate with anybody, but you can pretty much guarantee that he'll be that way with everyone. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, he treated Kat and Jane the same in their experience. Like he was very honest with both of them that like they didn't do enough. You know, Jane's idea of just talking about freezing the eggs wasn't enough. And like Kat's speech wasn't enough. I don't know. I just feel like he treats everybody the same. He does. I I don't know. I'm being very cautious with him. And I, I think also that um he's probably treading a little lightly being a man in a women-centric environment. And like you don't want to be too sympathetic all the time because it can come across as condescending when you're a man. Yeah, true. I don't know if that's really where it's coming from, but like that kind of makes sense to me too. I don't know. But regardless, I do think that Patrick... Patrick's approach was interesting because Jane did say, like, I really don't want to do it. But I think that if Jane had gone to him in private later and said, like, you know, I don't want to do it for this reason and this is why, if anything, I'd rather write about that specifically by myself, that uh, he might have been understanding. Right, but he didn't give her the option. He essentially trapped her in it. That's where I feel like this is a little bit problematic. I do think it's a little bit, but I also think that Pinstripe trapped her. I think Pinstripe is the one who says, we'll make it work. Uh, You're right. I don't think that his approach, I agree that his approach was pushy. I do. I definitely do. But I don't think that, like I said, I don't think it would be different for anyone else. I don't think he was bullying her as because she was a woman or anything like that. I just think that that's kind of his method. Yeah, I don't don't think it's coming from a place of, you know, sexism or anything like that. Definitely not. I don't know. I just feel like it's, like, maybe or female if he was talking to like andrew like this i feel like i'd have the same exact like opinion about it i don't want to exploit the emotions of his employees period i get it but i also feel like it's impossible to be an editor in that position without doing that yeah because i mean even jacqueline did that you know but jacqueline was willing to also put herself out there you know with the uh, the carry the weight article 
but right but you know like she was still you know forcing people not forcing but you know encouraging people to go out of their comfort zone and talk about things they weren't necessarily keen on speaking about publicly and i don't know i just feel like it's part of the job as a journalist to like be invasive at times and to do things that don't always come across as morally correct or morally sensitive i should say okay yeah i know i know it's not it's like i feel like that's lame it's like not the outcome i wanted either like i I would love to agree with you but technically i just yeah uh, I just, I feel like there's a lot of nuance there. I feel like there's, I feel like there's a line that he has to like try to like, he has to try to figure out what that is. I don't even know what it is. Yeah. I think Pinstripe was just trying to uh, like calm down the situation by like kind of agreeing to it. But in reality, like he should have said to Jane, like, are you sure you want to do this? Or, you know, like, do you definitely not want to do this kind of thing? Uh, you're right. There could have been a little bit more sensitivity on Pinstripe's part too. Pinstripe could have said, oh, like, I don't want this to affect our relationship. So how about we dial us back a little bit? Well, I think it was more so just that Jane was very outwardly uncomfortable. And for me, that should be enough for Pinstripe to be like, hey, like, we need to think about it. Yeah. that To me, that was enough. Okay, like, right, we can all right, we can hold him accountable in this situation too. I got it. Cuz I'm just thinking to myself like if I if Jonathan and I were in that situation and I were like very uncomfortable and Jonathan like agreed for us to do something knowing that I was like clearly indicated I was uncomfortable with it, like I would be upset with him more than the the other person. Right. You know, I I don't know. That that was just when I thought about it when I was watching it for the second third time whatever. I just kept thinking the same thing. Okay. Well, let's move on. <laughs> Yeah, let's move on to Cat. Wild Susan, really. Well, uh, well, I just want to I just want to say real quickly though that um so by the end of the episode, Jane decides to let Pinstripe in and then Pinstripe comes in, he has two alarms set. Yeah, that was sweet. To give her the injections. And then she um she puts in, then he puts the injection in and then she pretends to be in pain. And he's like, oh no. Yeah, that shit is like so not funny, but so funny. Like, when people do that, I'm like, that's not funny, but really it is. It's really funny. <laughs> he was so cute, though, how, like, how worried he was. He was like, that's not funny. He had, like, this genuine smile on his face. I don't know. That, that moment just lit me up. Yeah, I thought pretty much every moment with Pinstripe was really good. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, let's talk about Cat and the Wild Susan. So after, what, 30 years? Is that what they I said? Think it was, I think they said 20. 20, oh, 20 years. years. Yeah. No, I think the fine was 20 years old, but the bar's 30. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Whatever. Decades old bar. Um, <laughs> yeah, let's go with that. <laughs> the Wild Susan a lesbian bar in the city, one of only two lesbian bars in the city. Is Which going- I find not to be wild. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. I don't know. I'm going to Google lesbian bars in New York City now. Okay. Well, anyway, the Wild Susan, as I'm sure we all can remember, is the bar that Adina took Kat to and then Kat fell in love with um, and ended up going there a lot. She's been there with Alex. She's been there with Sutton. She's been there with Jane. But anyway, she- um, Wait, that was the same bar? That's what she says. She was like, you know, Adina's the one who introduced her to it. And I think they end up going there. But like, I was wondering, like, you know, is this a bar that we've seen in the show or is it- She goes there with Alex, right? But was it the same place though? I thought you called it the. Oh, you mean like the set? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Like that's what I'm wondering. Like, huh? Well, I mean, there's only two lesbian bars in the city, so like, who knows? But well, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's where they go. I don't know, but regardless, um, there. By the way, there are more than two lesbian bars in New York City. I imagined. So, um, it might be two lesbian bars in that neighborhood, possibly, like in that district. Or it's also just free form, and they're trying to, <laughs> you know. <laughs> continue to be free form that's fine <laughs> and they actually film in canada so who knows fucking kidding me okay 
All right. Everywhere, everywhere yeah, they don't- films in Canada because it's so much cheaper, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> yes, they film in Toronto. They do not film in New York City. Spoiler alert. Very upset about that. But anyway, so the bar is going to get shut down because of all of these fees from this fine, these couple of fines that apparently they had gotten 20 years ago and they had no idea about them and all of the mm-hmm. you know interest and late fees and whatever they've accrued has totaled $42,000 that they must pay immediately or they are in violation of their lease. So they decide to shut it down because not many people just have 42 grand lying around. So Kat is extremely upset when she hears about this and wants to do something to help so she she tries to get a uh, are you gonna mention the councilman yeah okay keep going i don't remember his name though uh councilman lawrence reynolds okay so she meets with councilman lawrence reynolds um <laughs> i like the <laughs> I way you said, said his name councilman lawrence <laughs> reynolds um he i guess is the councilman for their district and when she talks to him she's essentially asking him for help and he's like i support the queer community and inclusivity and this that and the third but i can't help you fucking politicians it's pretty much like we need that money to be paid back so i'm not going to waive that amount or anything like that i don't even know if that's in his legal capabilities but i hate when politicians try to like talk the good talk that's essentially what he was doing like oh i support the queer community but no we're not, I'm not actually gonna make any actions to try to support it you know or anything like that yeah no we're just gonna talk about it yeah let me tell you like being a journalist for three or four years i don't even know how many of the years at this point interviewing politicians like i don't believe a single word they say it's just very very scripted very you know like like this councilman is obviously a free form councilman <laughs> it's like some <laughs> of that exaggeration is just kind of common but yeah but i kind of like though because i feel like in um in other shows like politicians would be portrayed as just like you know like oh he's actually an evil politician but like this guy is genuinely trying to come off as a good person he's just not yeah and he's kind of been programmed to think that things that are happening in the community are good when they're not and he's trying to get other people on board exactly so what does Kat try to do in order to help um, fund the bar? She throws a queer prom. Woo! Yes! Queer prom! <laughs> also, oh does Sutton call it gay prom? Yeah, <laughs> yes, she does. She's like, gay prom! <laughs> yeah, I was like, where did that come from? That was just like the one, I think that's the only person who says that. Like, <laughs> the only time it's called that. I mean, you can call, I mean, you know, I don't know. I'm not maybe. saying there's anything wrong. I just think it's kind of funny how, like, she just says that and she just shouts it out and nobody acknowledges it. She's just like, gay prom! And everyone's just like, the conversation just continues. Yeah, Kat actually says, welcome to queer prom! And then <laughs> Richard and Sutton are like, yay! And then Sutton's like, gay prom! Is she saying gay prom or yay prom? I, I mean, I was watching with subtitles. It was gay prom. Oh, you were? Okay. I don't yeah. watch it. I never watched it with subtitles. Okay. Yeah, she says gay prom. <laughs> wow, that's... I bet you anything that was probably a lot that Megan Fahey ad libs. That's what it seemed like, but it was like, we're just going to go with it. (laughs) We're just like, she's cute. We're going to keep it. (laughs) Also, can I just say as an aside that Megan Fahey's hair game in this episode is beyond like her braiding? Ooh. You mean her look at prom? Well, that prom and in the first scene when she's moving and she's got the French braids. Ah, okay. I'm just like loving her hair. I'm just, just an aside. She's serving up some looks. L-E-W-K-S. Yes, Luke's. <laughs> 
But anyway, so the idea of queer prom is to, um, <laughs> it's really a fundraiser, of course, to raise money for, to help pay their debt. But it's also an opportunity because the idea comes about when the girls are all talking about their prom experiences or Oliver's prom experience, right? Because of the photo shoot. Being yeah, prom because themed. he was gay and in Oklahoma and, you know, he didn't really have like a good prom experience. Right. And then they kind of realize, well, he's not the only one. <laughs> so maybe yeah. we should uh, come up with something like that. So that's part of where that queer prom idea comes from. And let me just tell all of our queer listeners here, if you can go to a queer prom, fucking do it. It'll be the time of your life. Just a few months ago, I went to a Buffy the Vampire Slayer themed prom. So it's basically a queer prom. <laughs> Just without the title. Yeah, yeah. It was actually sponsored by Buffer and the Vampire Slayer, which is a lovely podcast. Sponsor us. Actually, you don't even have to sponsor us. You're a great podcast. But anyway, it was it was such an amazing experience to go there. Because let me tell you, when I was in high school, I did a slow dance with a guy. And, you know, it's not like I was bullied or anything because of it, but there were definitely people staring, definitely people looking, people were wondering, like, oh, what happened? Like, I got messages, like, later on saying, like, oh, I heard you dance with a boy. Were you, like, the only one who was dancing yeah. with the same sex? Yeah, I believe so. And so it was just, like, it was kind of weird. But let me tell you, when I went to this buffet prom, I did do a slow dance with a guy, and nobody gave a shit. And... It was so great. And, like, it was also so amazing, too, to see other people, like, express themselves in the ways they wanted to express themselves. They could wear what they wanted to wear. They could, like, you know, style their hair the way they wanted to. They could wear as much or as little makeup as they wanted to, regardless of their gender. And, like, everybody was just so free to express themselves, and it was wonderful. So, ah, go to a queer prom if you can. You'll love it. Yeah, seriously. I, uh, pretty jealous hearing hearing <laughs> the, uh, the stories when Jeremy came back. <laughs> Like, damn, that sounds so much better than regular prom. Uh. <laughs> it was so good. It was so terrible. I saw regular prom. Regular. I don't know. Like, senior prom? I'm sorry. <laughs> senior prom? I just, like, I just, when I was thinking about it, I was thinking, like, regular as in, like, during high school. So I apologize because that did sound, like, completely insensitive. That was not what I was thinking. <laughs> I got you. <laughs> I just had to challenge you and make sure yeah. you weren't. Yeah, no, thank that. you for calling me out on that because <laughs> that's not what I meant. Ah, that's not what I meant at all. I just kind of uh, said it wrong. Yep. Thank you for sharing, Jeremy. I appreciate it, though. <laughs> Let's talk a little bit about um everybody else's um previous prom-, prom experiences. So Jane said she wasn't into her high school boyfriend anymore during her prom, and she got this dress that was like very itchy. She planned her entire prom, and she planned the playlist and included the song she lost her virginity to. Which I don't know. What do you make of that whole detail? Like, was there a purpose for that? Yeah, I was like, did that song play during the prom? Did you lose your virginity at the prom? Oh, I wasn't thinking about that. I was just confused by like the on the dance floor. No, but in the building, I don't. I don't know. I was just imagine like you know Jade like coordinating the playlist like at prom, and then she also had like a separate playlist for you know okay. when when her and her date went back home later, right? And she lost her virginity. That's what I imagine because you know Jade she loves to plan things. Yeah, no, that's probably it. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, but like I don't know. I, I always wonder like what was the point of bringing up this story because I don't know. I felt like Jade seemed like deeply 
disturbed by the whole entire thing. I think that that she brought it up because I think that's kind of what she was trying to do with Pinstripe is like plan how their relationship's going to go. Like, I'm not going to tell him about this and I'm not going to, you know, include him and whatever. But in reality, like, it just doesn't work like that. Right. I don't know. I felt like that was the parallel. But maybe this is the connection that um, Jane and Andrew have that we don't know yet. But the writers hinted at. Wait, what? The beef between Jane and... Andrew? Wait, why? Wait, how's this connected? To prom. I don't know. Maybe they like know each other from high school. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't know. I just like feel like if it's going to come up again, who knows? Oh, that. Oh, what if Andrew was Shane State? That's kind of what I was thinking, but I was like, maybe that's too much. I don't know. But that'd be like, that's pretty crazy, right? That'd be cool. <laughs> That'd be, that'd be really cool. All right. Um, I guess we should, we should provide our listeners with, like the context. Yeah, I was like, maybe you should this, explain so that. <laughs> So, Adam Capriola, who plays Andrew, he's a lovely, lovely human. So, And we tweet about him all the time, about how much we love him, and like how, much, how great he is for the show, and everything like that. And um, for the season two finale, um, we tweeted some screenshots of Andrew essentially being sassy with Jane, saying like, oh, Jacqueline, we're gonna miss our flight to Paris. And then he looks at Jane, like, gives her a little bit of, like, side-eye and whatnot. And I tweeted, like, bold typewriters. We demand to know more about this rivalry Andrew has with Jane, because we are loving it here at the Bold Talk. And then the Bold Type writers retweeted it, and they said, Oh, they go back. Way back. And you'll see how it all began in season three. So maybe that's it. I mean, I think it's a little bit reaching, but we'll see. Yeah, I know. But I mean, it just, why not? I'm throwing my hat in the ring on this. And I don't know if the Bold Type writers were just saying it just to like, you know, just to appease us. Just, and to just engage, say, yeah. Yeah, just to engage us. I don't know. But I don't know. I'm kind of hoping that there is something more there because I'm excited There for fucking it. better be, okay? <laughs> I'm, too, I'm too into it. I'm invested. <laughs> And now we just got all of our listeners invested, because if you're not invested after hearing that, I don't know. Like, are, yeah. are you really a fan of the show? Because the minute it happened, I even, like, screenshot it to you, and I said, like, oh my god, like, look what happened. We're like, holy shit, it's all... Like, Is there going to be more here? Yeah. It's amazing. We also hear about Patrick's prom experience. And did you catch what he yes, said? Yes, he said, I didn't have a boyfriend or a girlfriend. Mm-hmm. I love that. <laughs> so I'm saying he's he's bisexual. Or he's just, you know, sensitive to that. Or he could be asexual and he just said like, hey, I just didn't date anybody. Or he's pansexual. Yeah. There's a lot. I wonder if we'll ever really find out or if he'll always kind of be a little bit ambiguous. Yeah. I kind of like that he's being ambiguous though because he's not like making us like assume anything he's not making us assume that he's gay or straight he's just sort of right you know i mean he would it would have been extra if he said like oh like i didn't have a partner but he actually decided to use the words boyfriend or girlfriend true that's a good point which seemed intentional which honestly i feel like that's like that's very inclusive i mean you know who knows anyone either one of us could say something like that i can be like oh i never i didn't have a boyfriend or a girlfriend in high school which is true i did not have a boyfriend or a girlfriend in high school yeah that's true but i wasn't interested even though i wasn't interested in girls in high school yeah it's true could have just been saying it just for the sake of saying it yeah exactly or to you know just put up an air of mystery i don't know so patrick may or may not be in the community we're not sure yes but we we like that he's inclusive i'm kind of hoping he is Uh, i mean i think we're all hoping he is it'll make me like him more (laughs) i would love to see (laughs) damn okay flat out all right he couldn't just be a really good ally although oh now i'll tell you about a great ally during my favorite part oh shit all right (laughs) damn all right let's just keep going with this queer prom this this okay um 
let's talk a little bit about Sasha Valor. Yes. About how Patrick couldn't get Sasha Valor to the prom, but Jacqueline could. After he assumed that she didn't even know what RuPaul's Drag Race was. (laughs) I did feel like that was kind of condescending, but that was also like, I'm treating you as my equal. Yeah, he was just trying to show a little bit of competition and say like, oh, hey, like. I know people. Yeah. You don't have to have all the connections, Jacqueline. I have connections. Yeah, he was essentially playing on her, like, not being hip. Yeah. Can we talk about how Sasha Valore worked as a nanny for Jacqueline for two years, and it was the best two years of her life? Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> what what a fun life those kids led for two years. I feel like she's amazing and super fun. I'm just I'm just very intrigued by that. I also want to know, like, did, did Sasha Valore ever nanny? Yeah, I don't know. I always find it interesting when, like, you know, like, Sasha Valore is a real person. So I always find it interesting when, like, you know, TV shows, like, project, like, a storyline in the canon of the show. That's true. It's like, is there any validity? Can I go up to Sasha Valore on the street and just be like, oh, so you worked for as a nanny for Jacqueline Carlisle for two years. What are you talking about? <laughs> Either way, Sasha Valor was fierce in this episode, I will say. Oh my god, yes. Yes. So was Jacqueline. Like, they were like an item. Like, they came in together looking fresh. Definitely. Now that we got all the good prom stuff out of the way, let's talk about what eventually happens. So, Kat does not raise the 42 grand. He raises 20. Which is good. And she tries to get the councilman behind her and says, hey, how about we um, pay half and then pay the other half later? And then he tells her it doesn't work like that, that they have to pay it all up front. And what does Kat say? The councilman tries to talk her down and says, I'm pretty sure the condos will have an open space. She's like, I don't even know what that means. (laughs) What does that mean, an open space? I was so happy she said that because I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? Think of it as a park. That's what we need. The gays just need a park. But Kat ends up telling him, you really don't care, do you? You act like you do. You love a photo op. But when it comes to actually taking care of the interests of the people that live here, you really don't give a shit. Yeah, she says shit straight up. Mm -hmm. Shit. I love when they say shit. Yeah, I love it. It really like stings. And then he brings up the fact, he says, what people like you see as gentrification, I see as neighborhood improvement. Scumbag. But I admire your passion. Scumbag. Oh my god, that smile was awful. I'm telling you, like, politicians can be so con. I mean, I'm pretty sure everybody knows how condescending politicians can be. I mean, look at who our president is right now. But then, uh, Kat does a little bit of research, and she finds out that there's a woman named Linda Zephyr. I'm gonna Zephyr. assume that's how you pronounce it. Zephyr? That's you. That's That's a word. It means, uh, yeah, I forget what it means, but yeah, that's uh, that's how it's pronounced. And then Madonna's on Ray of Light, doesn't she say Zephyr in the- No, she does not say Zephyr. Yeah, she says Zephyr in the sky at night, okay. Yeah, it's it's Zephyr, yeah. Well, Linda Zephyr in the sky at night is going to challenge incumbents Lawrence Reynolds in the upcoming election. Hmm. Hmm, interesting. So, we'll say. I'm pretty sure this is going to trigger Cat running for city council. Oh, shit. Yeah, because remember, like, we know about that in the previews. Oh, yes, yes. Yeah, so All right. I'm interested right. to see what'll happen. So, like, maybe, like, um, Kat's going to try to volunteer with this campaign, and then she'll decide to say, you know what, I don't even like this candidate. I'm just going to run myself. Yeah, that's a, that seems like something that could potentially happen. But I also feel like it's good to see, like, Kat not focused on someone else, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, this is very uh, Kat-centric. Like, it seems like this might be her p- way of, like, just getting over Adina and, like, moving on and kind of, like, finding herself so that her next partner she has, it'll be a better situation mentally for her. 
I'm I'm sorry. I like seeing Kat single a little bit. I do too. She's fierce. Yeah, I love seeing her work with the queer community. So I definitely don't want that part of her to be gone. Don't get me wrong, but I like seeing her organize like this big gathering with all of her queer friends, and uh, it's just so great. And I'm excited. Yeah, me too. Pretty pumped. Also makes me think that next week is going to be very cat centric. Mmm, I'm excited. Yeah, yeah. All right. Should we do our breakdowns? Yeah, let's do it. All right. What was your favorite part? Honestly, it seems minuscule, but like really my favorite part was when Patrick said he didn't have a boyfriend or girlfriend in high school. Oh! Because I thought that was like such a big deal because you just opened my eyes to like different language choices and what that can mean and how it can be very excluding. And I just like that it was so natural when he said it. And like, that's kind of how I strive to be in my language now. And now that I'm aware that some of the things I used to say was just not correct. And yeah, so I just thought that was my favorite part. Aww. How about you? That's cute. Um, My favorite part came from the other great ally in the room, Richard Hunter. Ooh, okay, okay. <laughs> So, for one thing, when he comes up to the prom with Sutton, he is so fucking excited about his velvet bow tie. <laughs> he is, like, pretty actually adorable. <laughs> he, put, he puts, like, one eyebrow up, and then Kat's like, is that velvet? And he's like, yes, it is. And then Kat's like, oh, cool, you're gonna blend in well here. <laughs> and Richard's so excited. He's like, yes, I'm gonna blend in with the queers. <laughs> I love that so much. <laughs> and then right afterwards did you see how much money he put in was it like 300 bucks I-, I didn't count how much but like there was definitely 100 dollar bills in there yeah i think i think it was like 300 bucks or maybe 500 when it was all said and done but yeah oh my god but damn like oh you're just so great and then like you know when he sees that jane is a little bit upset about her entire situation with pinstripe he's like i know the answer let's dance yeah that was awesome <laughs> He was so, like, happy to be a queer prom, and I'm just, I just love it. We need more straight guys like him. Yes. Yes, we do. Seriously, if you're out there, come out to play. Come, yes. Come hang. <laughs> Please. All right. Who is your best dressed? Um, I like cat and that dress that is the correct amount of extra. Damn, that was mine. All right. I've got another <laughs> yes! one. I've got another one, though. That was so But we can have the same. I know, but I'm just going to add another one in. That I like. Okay. I really like Sutton's outfit with like her high waisted jeans and the pink long sleeve shirt with the turtleneck. Was it a turtleneck? No, it was collared. But wait, in the beginning? Not the beginning. Beginning. It was. Oh, I know which outfit you're talking about. Aw, yeah, she was cute. I thought she just looked cute and also comfortable. And I'm all about comfy. <laughs> yes, aren't we all? Who do you ship this week? I really think that I've got to go with Sutton and Pins or Sutton and Richard. I almost said Sutton and Pinstripe, but Sutton and Richard. <laughs> I just really liked him doing her laundry and him just wow. like him just understanding what that meant to her. You ship Sutter. I know I'm crazy now. I'm like I'm the <laughs> I'm a totally new person. New season, new person. What can we say? Yep. So who do you ship? Do you want me to tell you what I actually want to say, or do you want me to tell you my backup? Tell me what you actually want to say. I want to say Richard and the entire queer community. <laughs> I mean, that that works. So yeah, go for it. <laughs> but but my backup would be Jacqueline and Sasha Valore. Uh, that is a great one, though. All right, but you don't think the one is shaded about Richard and no. the entire queer community? Okay, cool. Richard and the entire queer community is my shit for the week. Yeah. I mean, you gave a great example. You had evidence to back this up. So yeah. <laughs> so evidently, Richard's cheating on somebody. <laughs> 
Because <laughs> we shipped him for both. I'm just trying to be funny. Ow, ow, I'm gotcha. just, just being funny. I think Richard is in a polyamorous relationship and this, you know, headcanon that I have. Honestly, yeah, I feel like when it comes to this, yes. Richard invented gay rights. Wow. Okay, that's a lot. It's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I, I think you should go, or I should go first on this one, so that you're, because okay. you said yours is really good. I didn't say mine was really good, you just think it's going to be You're really right, good. you didn't say it like that, oh my god, that sounds like, I, like you're like, oh my god, mine's so good. My answer to this question is going to be great. <laughs> yeah, I, I just have a good feeling that it's going to be. All right, let me ask you, how does this episode inspire you to live your bold type of life? Well, I really, really like the way that Pinstripe approaches the whole situation with Jane and the egg freezing process because he's just such a, he's just so committed to her through the whole thing that he's able to look past like her pushing him away. Because like at first I thought that him coming back to the house to help her with the injections at the end was kind of pushy. Because I was like, she kind of indicated she didn't want you involved. But then when he started speaking, he was like, I'll help you. But like, if you don't want me to, it's okay. Yeah, you have her boundaries. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know. I just, I think Pinstripe has inspired me a little bit in my own relationship to kind of have a little more patience and understanding when someone's in a vulnerable situation like that, like Jane was in. Aww. So yeah. Thanks, Pinstripe. Wow. I've been waiting for- Literally, what the fuck is happening right now? <laughs> I've been waiting like 84 years for you to say that. Say thank you to Pinstripe. Oh my god. All right. Well, how does this episode inspire you to live your (laughs) bold type life as we swiftly move past my Pinstripe compliment? (laughs) Go ahead. Um, Mine's somewhat related too, but I feel like it's just the whole um, aspect that you don't always have to go at it alone because i mean that's what jane was essentially doing that's what sutton was doing and you know it's okay to ask for help even actually you know even more examples like you know patrick tried to go at it alone too he's trying to impress people by saying like oh i can book sasha valor but really all i needed was jacqueline's help so damn that was really good that was like a very good overarching <laughs> theme even oliver like you're going through all yeah. of this like you come help me there's so many examples of that actually where these characters are just like afraid to ask for help but they do i feel like the only person who's really secure about asking for help is cat because that's essentially what she does you know she goes to the council and said hey help this lesbian bar and then she asked the entire community like hey help this lesbian bar yeah and then she asked patrick like hey let me tweet about it on the scarlet account yeah exactly so that's an interesting point to note about cat's characterization though because it just seems like she's like very sure of herself and everybody else isn't and that's kind of how i feel like you see cat a lot in the show you know except with her relationship with adina really was when she was most insecure but she's always been very confident and like i don't want to say stubborn but you know just strong-willed oh yeah definitely yeah, i love so, that oh we all do you can follow the bold talk on facebook twitter and instagram at the bold talk and if you like our show please 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 give us a five-star review on itunes <laughs> Please, if, if you didn't hear him, please. Yes, just just please, I'm, I'm, I'm begging right now. That helps other fans of the Bold Type find us. It's the easiest way to support us, so we really do appreciate it. And if you have a question or comments, you can always email us at theboldtalk at gmail.com. I'm Sam Saff. You can follow me on Twitter at samsaff3 or on Instagram at sammaymarie3. That's S-A-M-M-A-Y-M-A-R-I-E-3. I am Jeremy Rodriguez. You can follow me on Twitter at Rodriguez Jeremy. That's Rodriguez with a G and a Z. Jeremy is spelled J-E-R-E-M-Y. Instagram is the same with an underscore at the end. We'll catch you next week for our discussion of Season 3, Episode 3. Till then, go unleash holy hell.